Her hand was swift, her fingers were nimble, her lies were so believable that she probably believed them herself. She had such a knack for thievery that Mother Mandelbaum took this woman under her wing as a criminal protege. But was there hope for Sophie Lyons beneath her gruff exterior? Could she ever know or even look for redemption? Today we continue to talk about the queens of crime. Hello, and welcome to How's This Not a Movie Yet? I'm Tom Courtney, and across from me is Alex. How you doing? Hey, how are you today? Yes. So, uh, Alex, uh, today we continue our discussion about the queens of crime in New York in the 1860s. Yeah, this is uh, the second half of a two-part episode. Yeah, but these are, you know, because one was so prolific, and then the other one got taught by her. So right. you just... you. you this is just one and two. Well, absolutely. It's a, uh, a natural progression of uh, stories and really of movies. If if we were going to make uh, the uh, the movie about Mother Mandelbaum from last week, we would introduce the character that we're talking about today in that movie, and then she would get her own movie uh, later on, the next year, the following summer. You know, following summer, 2019, Sophie Lyons is the queen of crime. Something like that. Not bad. Yeah. A little to the serious point of <laughs> of Sophie Lyons, but okay. No, I thought because we were talking about how this story would go and if we would go with a lighter note. Because with uh, Mother Mandelbaum and this queen, um, uh, this uh, uh, this crime lord esque nature of her, we were thinking about it like a crime saga last week. She was building. She built an empire. Sophie Lyons was just a part of a crime right, yeah, no. syndicate. Sophie Lyons was born in New York in 1848 to a crime family. And I mean, like, I, her mother was a criminal, her father was a criminal. They Both both people were in and out of jail all the time for uh, pickpocketing, shoplifting, stealing from carts, uh, uh, petty crimes that kept them in jail for uh, a few months to a year at a time. But Sophie Lyons was born into this lifestyle and the way that her mother treated her was horrific. Not only born into it, forced into it. Forced into it, yeah. She would, if she ever so showed any sign of remorse to a person that she was stealing from, they would burn her. You're right. Her mom was, a, her mother was a horrible person. Horrible. No wonder she was looking for this kind of matronly figure in Mother Mandelbaum later on in her life. Her mother forced Sophie at a young age. Uh, her, she was born Sophie Levy. Uh, her last name was Levy when she was um, uh, a kid. Uh, her mother forced her onto the streets to steal for her. Uh, they were not good parents, obviously. Well, if she would have to come back with a certain amount of purses or watches or uh, everything that would uh, equal up to a certain sum of money, and if she didn't get it that day, she was, you know, Beaten, did what what they whatever they wanted to do to get into her mind that she to live in this life you need to steal. Yeah, they, it was. I mean, already you have sympathy for her. I mean, she didn't have a chance. She was born into this life of crime, and she was forced into this predicament of having to steal a certain amount per day. That's all she knew, and she also knew it was wrong because there was a lot of talk about. At her, at her young life, showing remorse for these people that she was stealing from and being beaten for it. So it was almost as if they were building, they were, they were um, training their own sociopath. 
And so she never had a chance. It's just, it's such a tragic, such a tragic story. And it wasn't until, I bet you it wasn't until she met um, Mother Mandelbaum that she actually received some kind of love and an affection, even though it was the wrong kind of love and affection. It was, she, she latched on and became really close with Mandelbaum right from the get go. And uh, this is where this story of, Mother Mandelbaum finding her when she was a young girl. She was out. Uh, Sophie was out picking pockets. Uh, Mandelbaum saw her and started buying things from her. And it doesn't. We, we don't know how early in Mandelbaum's career this is, but we we could say, especially like in in storytelling and movie purposes, that we start with her meeting Sophie Lyons. Oh yeah, and with uh, with Lyons, she was already a very talented. Pickpock artist right. you know, at that point. And so, you know, Mother Mandelbaum, when she saw her, she already saw the talent in her. And she's like, I can groom this girl to be something above and beyond. Uh, last week, we were talking about uh, Mandelbaum's school and how the lowest level that she was teaching kids how to pickpocket. And then the next level up, she was teaching kids how to uh, run grifts or cons or shoplift. And Sophie was constantly just being moved up in the school and taught more and more about how to um, uh, run a scam. And eventually she became a excellent con artist. Now, Alex, you, you've you been talking about what she's been doing. What what did Sophie Lyons do for her main con? It was It's just so funny because... <laughs> She was a very beautiful woman, and she knew how to use that in her uh, advantage. Her to, yeah, use that to her advantage, and she certainly did. <laughs> this is my, one of my one of the funniest things I have read. One of the funniest cons, I should say, is uh, she would uh, bring rich men up to her hotel room, tie them up, <laughs> take their clothing. And then blackmail them into getting each article of clothing back. So she would just keep racking up money by by taking, you know, by taking complete advantage of these rich soulless aristocrats. <laughs> <laughs> no, she would tell she's like, I'm gonna tell your wife that you're here with me if you don't give me my money. And she would then constantly use that information against these rich socialites. And it was it, it worked. She nope. she never got caught for that scam. It was perfect. Yeah, because especially because I mean like nobody wants to be, you know nobody wants to admit that they are are being scammed by this this con woman. And it was well, it was successful. When you you know, how do you go to the police and say she she's <laughs> blackmailing me what happened we're not gonna go into that <laughs> let's let's, let's not talk about what happened let's talk about what's happening we're, we're focusing on the wrong issue here <laughs> so uh she was as you said she was uh beautiful and she was also married three times and i think that each of those relationships is an interesting relationship in and of itself. The first person that she married was Maury Harris. She got married really young. She was 16 at that point. Yeah, she was, I don't even know if we would bring that into the the movie. Uh, I don't know if we would talk about being married to him, but 
the way that she was she was infatuated with him. He was charming, he was good looking, and he was a pickpocket, and he was a braggart. He said that he could pickpocket everybody, and he got caught. And she was just, she's like, oh, I'm done with you then. (laughs) You got caught? I thought you were some really, like, some awesome guy. I thought you would never get caught. And he got caught, and peace. You know, she was like, I'm done with you. So I just, I love that. I would love that kind of like two or three scenes of her like kind of falling for this guy and then him getting caught and her going, what was it, what's wrong with me? <laughs> like, why am I falling for this? Oh, that's right. I'm 16. Yeah, I'm 16. I don't know. <laughs> that's okay. I get it. So uh, it's the second marriage that we really want to focus on. Yeah. And the second marriage, it's it's terribly romantic. And it's also, it's it's Bonnie and Clyde without the violence. Because yeah. that's, well, that's one thing that is recurring. She abhorred violence. She did not like um, I think it was probably because she was beaten so much when she was younger. She didn't have anyone beaten. She didn't murder or she didn't use violence to perpetrate her crimes. Well, she realized through her quick hands, good looks, and extreme wit. Yeah, she was very smart. She put together a lot of of successful crimes. And the charisma that she had mm-hmm. was huge. She got caught shoplifting one time. And she got out of it by convincing the police officer that she had kleptomania and she couldn't be taken into account all this terrible stuff that she was doing. Yes, I think she she's one of those kinds of liars that believes the lies that she says. So mm-hmm. I, and, and it's it makes it very hard for especially at the time. They didn't have any video evidence. They didn't have any um, uh, they could only rely on eyewitness accounts. And if the other person was a better actor than the person telling the truth, then the police officer might let that person go. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until really she started, she became recognizable. People were, you know, people were starting to recognize her. That's when she started getting caught. But we're going to get into that later. Um, she met a man named Ned Lyons, uh, and she married him. He was a uh, safe cracker. He was a professional safe cracker and would, in the criminal underworld, he was considered like classy, like a, like a high class criminal. And she got involved with him and they were married. They had three, four kids together. And, uh, but they did crimes together. At first, he said, you know, you don't have to steal anymore, uh, Sophie. You can just stay home. I got this. I'm going to go out. I'll, I'll rob a bank. I'll, I'll, I'll crack a safe. And I'll uh, I'll get you everything that you ever dreamed of. You never have to work again. And he would get home, and she would be there after a long day of thievery. I guess that's yeah, what he did. That's really the best you can come and, up with. Yeah, yeah and and uh, then he found out that she wasn't staying home at all. She would she'd mess up. She'd she'd, she'd screw off. She'd just go and and start pickpocketing out on the streets in New York. And he finally found out about it when she was caught. <laughs> and, and he was like, "What? I thought you were staying home." He's like, "She's like, no, of course I'm not staying home. What's wrong with you?" I mean, that's women's rights right there. <laughs> As we said, these women were, were strange feminists. Yeah. Uh, eventually, both of them were caught and imprisoned. Sophie was uh, caught with grand larceny, which is uh, stealing uh, high-end private property, and Ned was. Uh, finally caught breaking into a safe. They both got prison sentences of five to seven years each. But Sophie, because she was so charming, she started coming up with a plan of how to get both of them out. 
And she became friends, like best friends, with the prison matron at her prison. To the point where the prison matron would let her go on walks outside of the prison with the matron's children. A criminal. Uh, but, I, I mean, not even like a, a criminal. A con artist. A con artist. She could have easily have just taken the kill, uh, kids and just blackmailed her way into where whatever she wanted to do. Well, I don't, under, I don't understand that. I mean, like, you know you're dealing with someone who has complete charm. Like, like so charming that she can make you believe anything. And... You're trusting this woman with your kids <laughs> for going for walks. So so she comes up with a plan to bust both her and her husband out. Uh, she meets up with a associate of her husband's and they and the uh, with with his help, with his um, associate's help, they were able to set up a system, a um, a gap in the guards schedule uh, where Ned just walked out of Sing Sing, just walked out. And then Ned hatched a plan with Sophie where Sophie was going to copy a prison key using wax that was snuck into, into the prison by Ned. And by the way, Ned's supposed to be in prison right yeah, now, and Ned he's going is, to another prison. I mean, Ned it's is insane. going back to a prison <laughs> to get her. I mean, that is I, – I That's, where, I, that's that. where we say that it's romantic because they must have, act, they must have loved each other to – themselves at, at such risk like this well the fact that she was able to plan an escape to a prison that she wasn't in while she was in prison is amazing within itself and then when that guy gets out he he could go but as you said the romantic situation is that he went back to the prison yeah to get her so she was able to copy a, a key and she was able to break out how far did she how far could she get? Hold on, there's Well, she took a tunnel. And That's right, right the tun- there. She, it was uh it, like the tunnel went right outside of the walls and that right outside when she got there on time was Ned Lyons sitting in a, a carriage with a big mink coat waiting for her. <laughs> she just walked right out of the tunnel, right into the coat, and they drove away. It's insane. It's insane. I can't believe that. I just It's so cool. So uh, after that, they escaped to Canada, and then they went to Paris, mm-hmm. and they spent the next five years kind of on the lam with their kids. Their kids were in Canada. That's mm-hmm. where I think they, that's where they had their, their, their children together. And then they went back to New York and started pickpocketing again. And it's so interesting to to read these gaps where you're reading about someone's life, especially like in the – before we kept better records of everyone, that what, – where, what was the decision there? They're both wanted criminals. They're both recognizable. And – they go back to New York. Like, did they think that enough time had passed? Did they think that nobody was looking for them anymore? Because she goes back and she gets caught almost immediately. Well, I, I New York was was their home. It like uh, Mandelbaum said when she was living in Canada. She's like, I don't want to be here. I want to be back right, in yeah. New York. I want to be in my home. And it's around this time that she was pleading with Ned to give up crime. That she wanted to move on, and he didn't, and that separated the the two of them. They 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 couldn't stay together anymore because of that decision. And she met another criminal named Billy Burke, and Billy Burke was not as prolific a criminal, and he was not as smart a criminal as Ned Lyons was. 
and uh, she became the brains of this operation. But it was around this time when she stopped. She she was she got uh, recognized and almost arrested again in uh, New York in a in a, um, in a clothing store where she was shoplifting from, where people just recognized her. They saw her and they went, "Oh, you're Sophie Lyons. You're going to steal from us. We're going to call the police." And she was able to get away from there. And I think that was like a red flag for her, where she was like, "I can't do this anymore. I, the police, I'm recognizable." And she starts to reform herself, and she starts a a society column, a column, and she becomes one of the first um, female columnists. And we already talked about Lois Long in the 1920s. This was in the 1890s when she was doing this now, when she became a uh, columnist. And she wrote excellent articles, and then she started writing her memoirs. Uh, and it's called Crime Doesn't Pay, and it's her memoirs. And it talks about her time with Mother Mandelbaum, with Ned, with Billy Burke, and about how this shouldn't be anymore. And she started, I think she started looking for what what went wrong in her life and why she was like this. And I think she recognized that it was her parents that forced her into this life. And she did something remarkable. She tried to reform prisons. And you're talking about a woman in the 1890s uh, trying to enact prison reform. Nobody cared about prisoners. Nobody cared about the prison system at this point. Because the people who were arguing for it weren't ever in prison, weren't prisoners. <laughs> right. You know? So uh, she eventually was able to open up a government-funded orphanage or a, a house for children whose parents are in prison. And I thought that was just, it was such a good, like a, a nice cap on her, on her life. And she also tried to reform criminals as well. Uh, and that, sadly, it led up to her death, where three criminals who she was trying to reform broke into her house, believing that she had money stashed away from when she was younger and beat her to death. And it was a t- tragic end to her life. She was 78 at the time. She did live a, a long... Well, but it, it just... my good life. But I mean, like, you think about... <laughs> You think about that violence and that violent end, and it's so tragic because she she lived her life away from violence. She she liked crime, sure, but she was eventually jumped by three men who thought that she had money that she didn't. Well, actually, they they think that she she died with about a million dollars, which, as last week we were talking, was a ton of money back in the 1920s. This was in 1924 when she passed away. Uh, but uh, that's that's the life of, of Sophie Lyon. We thought that that would be an amazing movie. So how do we turn this into a movie, Alex? Last week we said that um, Evan Rachel Wood would play Sophie Lyons. Yeah, that w- that's a good choice. Yeah, no, she's she has a she has a charm. She has the the charisma. Uh, I love her in Westworld, and I think that she could play this role spectacularly. And uh, then we get Kathy Bates back for her scenes as Mother Mandelbaum. She's not in this movie as much. She's in the beginning, the first act. The other major character in this would be uh, Ned Lyons. And I was thinking for him, Nick Offerman. Oh, yeah, Nick Offerman. Uh, because if you look at pictures of, of Ned Lyons, he's a I big, mean, gruff man. No one really does a mustache better than Nick Offerman. No, no, it's, it's, a, perfect, it's a perfect match. Yeah. And you it, could see just a mustache hanging there and be like, <laughs> that's Nick Offerman. So who do we get to direct? No, we didn't talk about a director last week, and I wanted to talk about that. Uh, we were thinking 
who did you say? You, you said someone that, that I really liked. Uh, I would um, like because yet a last week's episode or that movie would be more on the serious side because you're building a you're watching her build a crime ring. So I said Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, Catherine Catherine Bigelow would been. The would hurt, set this up, yeah, yeah. The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, a v- very strong, powerful, serious movies. Yeah, uh, and that would be a good for crime saga. Mm-hmm. I-, I was thinking Martin Scorsese as well, because he no one does a crime saga like he does. But and this is weird. Alex and I are not really big fans of Gangs of New York, <sighs> which this movie would be very similar to. And I want it to be. I would want it to be better. Now, of course, you can't. You can't always get Daniel Day Lewis to do your movies, and he was good yeah, in it. But, but you and you don't go to Scorsese and say, "I want this like Gangs in New York, but better." <laughs> <laughs> just, just no, do a no. better job. Not a, not, not what you want. I swear, if Cameron Diaz <laughs> is even near this set, I will be pissed. <laughs> oh boy, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Martin. (laughs) So it wasn't a good movie. What? what Don't worry. When when he listens to this, I'm sure we'll get a call. (laughs) Right. When he listens to this. Uh, What? Our faithful. Our faithful four. Now listen. He's part of our faithful four. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, uh, what is the? uh, For this movie, I was thinking for for Sophie Lyons story because because Catherine Bigelow could take on Mother Mandelbaum's story really well or Martin Scorsese depending on really what how long you want it, um, mm-hmm. but for Sophie Lyons's story, I think that Guy Ritchie could do a really good job portraying this kind of criminal underworld. I would like this this movie to be a little more fun, mm-hmm. a little more quick witted, and that. It, Guy Ritchie is the type of person to be able to do that. You know who I just also thought um, Steven Soderbergh could play that could do this really well. He did uh, Ocean's Eleven. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. In that kind of heist movie, you know, the, the heist aspect of of this. No, I think that would be fun. And Patty Jenkins also, uh, she directed Wonder Woman. Oh, I think yeah. that Patty Jenkins could do a really good job with this. Yeah, I'm thinking I about think, that scene well, where they're walking in London and during uh, when she's shopping for clothes and she's con- kind of confused as to how the world works. I don't know. I like that those scenes because it's very based. Like there's no over overhead shots. They're all from the ground, so you kind of get the a feel of the city from the ground up instead of from the up down, which is like what you would want for this kind of movie where you know you don't want any high shots of New York. You want them all from the ground up because that's how the criminals see the, the, the city. But you're right. I think she would do a very good job in this. I, she had some scenes in, the one, in that Wonder Woman movie where she was talking to some of the uh, poor people in Germany, and I liked that. She, she showed a very sympathetic character, there, mm-hmm. and that was good. Uh, so what do we call it? What do we call this? Last, last time it was Queen of... Uh, the Queen of Crime, do we call it by her nickname Princess of Crime? Or is that too on the nose? That's a hard one. Well, I guess because, you know, you it was the nickname. I don't know, because it doesn't roll off the tongue. No, no. The Queen of Crime really does. That worked yeah. out well. Um, Anything? The American Thief. American Thief. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. I like that. I like that better. American Thief. Yeah, I, that's I think a good, that's good. good, excellent. Yeah, excellent title. Yeah, we'll call it American Thief. 
All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this week. Uh, I hope that everybody is back now into the swing of things and to listening to our show again. Uh, as always, if you have any questions or if you want to have any any comments, you can find us on Twitter at How Not a Movie Yet One, the number one, or you could write at or uh, you could write us uh, How Not a Movie at yahoo.com. And uh, you can visit our Facebook page as well. Uh, so everyone, thank you for ver- uh, thank you for listening and watch your pockets. Okay, pickpockets are real fast, and uh, you don't even know if you're being pickpocketed. So so watch it. All right. So Alex, see you guys later. See you next week.